Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Guys, let me start off our Bible study this morning, if you don't mind, with a thought-provoking question. Things that make you go, hmm, thought-provoking. You go, what is it, Pastor? Well, here it is. You ready? What do you do when your enemies want you to go away and your friends do too? What do you do when your enemies want you to go away but your friends do too? I mean, that's something that's like, wow. Huh. And you go, why would you say that? Well, I just think as I was pondering this, it's a tough pill to swallow. You see, the Apostle Paul had those in Corinth who didn't like him. You you understand that, right? They questioned his authority. Who does Paul think he is? They questioned his message. I don't know if I really grasped that. So, So you had the enemies. And then he also had those who understood the message of grace. Yes, I praise Jesus. But they still wanted to keep, wanted you to keep the law. So you had those that go, Paul, mm mm-mm. I don't even know who you, who do you think you are, right? That's, that's this idea. But he also had those that said, no, 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 listen, you guys are great, but, but listen, you still need to keep the law. You need to keep the law. And so, think about it, guys. But he also had friends, and I think they were just, I don't know, maybe they were fearful enough that they said, well, we, we just want Paul to go away. <laughs> He's causing pro- Paul. So, so his enemies wanted him to go, but so did his friends. And I thought, man, that's tough. Because there's one thing that you and I should be able to count on is in the body of Christ is that we have, fa- that we're family and we're friends. And even though our lives don't really, maybe you don't see exactly what God's doing in our life, you can still go, man, that's still my friend. That's, I'm, I'm, he's still my friend. And I think about what Paul says, and I thought, this is enough, guys, to discourage anyone. And of course, you know, without constantly bringing up COVID, I mean, I think in our world today, there's a lot of people who are discouraged that way too. See, the enemies want them to go away, but their friends do too. Depending on what side of the fence you fall on, you, you listen, guys, we're not the United States of America anymore. We're the divided states, depending if you want to do this or do that or wear a mask or not wear a mask. And, 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 and even within the church, we're divisive. So guys, we've got to, we've got to see this, that's discouraging. Now again, think about this. I, I think it's okay if my enemies want me to go away. What are you going to do about it? The enemies want you to go away. But when my friends want the same thing, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But as I study the scripture, guys, and I see the heart of Paul, I see the heart of Paul. I think I love his heart. Why? Any other platform, you know, he might, he might con- concede to their desires. Any other platform, well, you don't want me here, I'm out. I don't need to come back here. Who's Corinth? There's a big world out there. You don't need me in Lubbock. I'll go find a, I'll go find a place where I can minister. I don't, but any other platform, I think he would. But since the gospel of grace, the gospel of forgiveness of sins, eternal salvation message was tied to Paul's life, 
I want you to think about Paul for a moment. Guys, put on your thinking caps for just a moment, okay? Those of you who put on. What compels a guy? What compels a guy to get beat up for the gospel? To love people so much, he gets beat up, bloody cake, left for dead, gets up, what? And goes back into the city. It's the gospel. He understood the grace of Jesus, and he loved people. That's really, guys, listen, that's where we stand as a church. We are to love God first. And then our second core value is to love people. Why? Because we want the heart of Christ. We want to love people. We actually say we want to love people back to life. There's a lot of broken people. There's a lot of people that are laying lifeless, if you will, in the world. And our job isn't to go, well, if you read the Bible more, you would be more like me. Well, if you just... Our job is to love them back to life. Hey, you okay? You all right, man? Guys, what does it take for us to send a simple text? Are you okay? Are you doing all right today? You know what that does? Thank you for checking on me. Thank you for checking on me. So so the message, guys, is tied to Paul's life. And what he has to do is he has to make sure that they understand he's not going away. He's not going away. Instead, he's going to encourage those who are heartbroken, who are losing heart, who are frustrated, who are down and out, who are simply tripping. He says, let me give you two solid answers uh, not to get discouraged. Let me give you two solid answers. Remember, this is where he starts with the first one. Look at verse 1 real quick, guys. We'll go back, and then we'll move forward. He says in verse 1 of chapter 4, he says, Paul writes, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Let me unpack this verse for just a second. Whenever we see a therefore, we need to know what it's therefore. Very good. So we go one verse back up. Okay, And so Paul had just told us, so all of us who have had that veil removed, okay, he was tying it into the Old Testament of Moses, the veil, the glory of God. He says, now the Holy Spirit in us. He says, once you see that, the veil removed, guys, he says, then you begin to reflect the glory of the Lord. And the trials in your life begin to reflect from glory to glory. He says, and again, it makes us more, we are being conformed more to him Every single day. I don't know if you know that. But every single day, the trials, the situations, the way you are, you get up, you look in the mirror, you're being conformed into the glory of God every single day. Every single day. We call it progressive sanctification. Okay? Progressively. Man, I love it. Why? Here's the thing. I can't wait till tomorrow. Because I'm more like Jesus every day. Right? We used to say, we used to say, I can't wait. I used to tell my girls this all the time. I can't wait till tomorrow. Why, Daddy? Because I get better looking every day. That's what I used to say. And they'd go, Dad, really? Right? But honestly, I can't wait till tomorrow. Why? Because I'm going to be a little bit more like Jesus. You know some of those rough edges, Paul? You know some of those rough edges that you have? Just kidding, Paul. Some of the rough edges that we have, the Lord is knocking them off. And you go, but you know, a year ago, I used to be but today, amen. I mean, I'm, if I went back on my Facebook, not me, if I went back on my Facebook account to five years, you should have seen some of the stuff I put, but not today. Why? Because I'm being more, I'm being transformed more like Jesus every day. Every day. Guys, that's the key, right? That's what he says. And he says, now, we understand because it's a new covenant. It's a new work. 
right? And because of this new work, because I'm saved, because I'm being transformed to be like Jesus more and more, because I understand what he's doing, that gives me all the more reason not to throw up my hands and say, I quit. See, Jesus is the answer. Well, Ben, I didn't ask the question. Well, see, the question is, is that we're discouraged. We're heartbroken. We're tired. We keep walking this Christian life. We keep saying Jesus is coming back, and I still wonder where he is. I'll be faithful. Hold on. Hold on. Because you can see Jesus in the life of other believers, because you can see Jesus in the life of you, it gives you enough courage to go, "Mm -mm, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Here's the goal. You ready? Write this down. We need to finish well. We need to finish well. Guys, you understand, okay? You understand. We're in the race, okay? We're all running. We see the finish line. Do you guys see the finish line? Do you see it? Finish well. Now, what the enemy wants to do is come behind you and trip you up, okay? What the enemy wants to do is distract you with those in the fan taking your picture. Oh, hey, how you doing? He wants to do all of that. But, guys, keep your eye on the finish line. Keep your eye on the finish line. This is what he wants to do. I, I, just, I just love it. And he says, okay, okay, here's the thing. I'm not going to throw my hands up for occasional hard times, okay? I'm going to understand, as believers, as the day approaches, it's going to get harder. I, I understand that. Haas, you, you understand? As the day approaches, it's going to get harder and harder. So what Paul does, guys, amazing. He gives us the very first answer when we get discouraged. You go, what's that? He says, we receive mercy. Do you guys see it? Look at it again real quick. He says, I therefore, since I have this ministry, understand it. He says, as we have received mercy, I get it. He says, we don't lose heart. We don't lose heart, guys. I love the fact that we need to understand and fully embrace that we are under the grace of God. We're under the mercy of God. The sense of mercy received from God makes men active for God. You go, how so? Think about this. If you're taking note, you can jot this down. It's 1 Timothy chapter 1, 12 and 13. As Paul writes, think about what he says. And, and I want you to let that soak in. Feel the way of what Paul is writing. You go, what's that? Well, let me read it to you, okay? I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation. It gives you a little bit better idea. But he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Can I get an amen? amen? That's what Paul says. He's like, I thank God he's put me in the ministry. I thank God he woke me up every day. I thank God that I'm able to preach the gospel. I thank God that I get to live according to his standards. I thank God that at the end of my life, ah, I get to be with Jesus. But he says something very interesting. If you keep going, he says, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. What? He says, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and in unbelief, period. You see, again, Paul understood the mercy of God. God, Paul's like, you guys, you want to talk about pasts? You want to talk about, let me give you my resume. I was mean. The word insolent means mean. I was mean. I dragged people off to prison. If you said you were part of, if you mentioned anything of Christus, I would blaspheme his name. As a matter of fact, do y'all know the martyr Stephen? Do y'all know the martyr Stephen? I remember, 
I was there when Stephen was getting stoned. Not in the, anyways, with rocks. Okay? He said, I approved, and I watched him die. All the time I thought I was doing God's service. All the time I watched him doing I, That's what Paul says. That's mean. He says, but, but I understood God's mercy. He changed my life. Changed my life. So Paul understands, guys, the difficult times in ministry as well as life. See, and understanding God's beautiful mercy compels him to keep moving forward. That's, that's, that's it. Pastor, I'm so discouraged. Keep moving forward. You're in the mercy of God. I don't know what tomorrow holds. We're all with you. That's what the enemy wants to do. Look at me. Look at me. That's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants you to feel like you're alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. We're all in this together. You understand that. He wants you, he wants to take you out to the valley of Ono, like he did Nehemiah, and get you all alone and feel like you ain't got nobody. No, no, no. Listen to me. We're all in this together. We're going to walk this together. That's what we got to do, guys. Why? Because we're stronger together, aren't we? That's what courage comes from. You know where courage comes from? When I'm discouraged and my brothers come to me and say, Ben, keep going. Keep going. We're lifting up your arms. We got this. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. I understand, but we're behind you. That brings courage to me. In a marriage, do you realize in a marriage, you're on the same team? And that your wife encourages you and your husband encourages you because at times when you feel like you can't do it anymore, your wife says, yes, you can. I believe in you. Oh. Oh. You can do it. I'm looking at Lisa and Paul here. Lisa gave Paul a lot of courage. Paul, you can do this. Paul, you deserve this. Paul, it's all God. That's See? Well, Paul, Paul's like, man, I, just, I, just, I don't know. And that's courage. You see what he's saying? So don't be discouraged, right? Because you understand God's mercy. You know what would have been worse? It would have been worse if she said, what? You don't deserve nothing. I don't even know how you got it. I mean, it would just destroy you. But again, think about what Paul's saying. Paul says, I understand. There's going to be difficult times. Amen? We don't know what's going to happen in the next. We don't, we don't know. But we know that, that, that God has already gone before us. He's already gone before us. Now, before we jump in our text, you guys, let's talk for a moment about two things. You go, well, we talked about, we talked about mercy. We need to understand what they are, and we need to talk about discouragement. We've got to talk about it, okay? You go, well, Ben, you already talked about it. I know, but let me, let me just make sure you get really, you get a good understanding so that you don't lose heart both in a ministry and in life, okay? You guys tracking with me? So let's, let's just break it down, okay? If you're taking note, this is what mercy, mercy defined as this. You ready? Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Okay? So that's basically it. It's compassion or forgiveness. It's, it's, here it is. Ready? It's not getting something I really deserve. That's mercy. Not getting something. It's, somebody says, man, listen, I have the power to forgive you. You deserve to be punished, but I'm not going to give you punishment. That's mercy. You go, well, Ben, what is grace? Well, grace is getting something you don't deserve. 
Okay? You go, well, can you explain it to me? What's the difference between grace and mercy? What's the difference? Well, let's just say your pastor is on the loop and he decides to go a little faster than the city allows. Okay? Never happens. I know it doesn't happen to you because you all are like amazing Christians and you don't break the law. Nobody's looking at me right now, just so you know. There's some... And so all of a sudden, I'm driving. Okay, let me tell you a true story. Okay? True story is in Nathalie's car. Nathalie's car is very fast. And one day I was taking her to her radiation appointment. This is a true story. And we were heading on the loop, and that car just, it just got away from me. We were on the loop, and I must have been doing a little more than they said, yeah. And all of a sudden, a motorcycle policeman saw me, and I was on the outer loop, and guess what? Woo! Now, we're on our way to a radiation appointment. I mean, she has to be there to get radiation, okay? So the, you know, and it's so funny, because the policemen come up, and they say, guess what? Do you know why I pulled you over? To wish me a happy birthday? I don't know why. What do you, of course I know. I was, and anyway, so I said, well, sorry, sir. I was in a hurry because I have to take my wife to her, her radiation appointment. She has cancer. Now, don't look at me that way. You would have done the same thing. <laughs> you know what I was trying to do, right? Get my way out of it. He said, well, let me give you, go ahead and give you a ticket so you can hurry up on your way. <laughs> now, did I break the law? You go, yes. So I deserved a ticket. Amen? I did. That's, I mean, I, I deserved it. Okay? Um, but mercy would have been him not giving me a ticket. I mean, have, have mercy on me. I deserve it, but I'm not going to give you a ticket. Well, needless to say, he didn't have mercy on me. I got a ticket. But you know what a grace would have been? Grace would have been not only giving me a ticket, but actually saying, by the way, I'm going to hear here's $100 to put gas in your car and to get her lunch after her radiation and so forth. So there's a difference. So we understand that Paul goes, I'm not, I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to lose heart because I understand God's mercy. He's not giving me what I really deserve. I can go forward. But you go, Ben, but there's still people discouraged. What, what, what exactly does that mean? Well, if you're taking note, it means a loss of courage in stressful times. Am I not preaching today? A loss of courage in stressful times. Remember, in the definition, guys, it's not a physical fainting. He's not going physically. I'm just, he says, but this is a losing of courage, a losing of courage. As a matter of fact, Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says, Then he spoke a parable to them, why Jesus did, and he said that man always ought to pray not to lose heart. This is what Jesus said. He said, when it comes to discouragement, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary when doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You go, Ben, what's the application? In our world today, we can and we do lose heart. Because things are very discouraging. Isn't it not hard to find the positive in today's world? Well, we have to look really hard, right? You have to look really, really hard. And you'll even be, you'll, you'll even be criticized for being positive. 
People look at you and go, well, don't you even, are you not even looking at reality? I mean, look what's going on in the world. He's going, listen, I choose to see. But I think about this. I think things are discouraging. And, and, and even as we move it, let, let's just be honest, okay? Can we be honest in church? Didn't we think by the, now things would have been a little bit smoothed out? All right, so in March, we're like, ah, right? In April, we're like, okay. In May, we're like, we're moving forward. And now we're just like in July going, and we really thought that. We really thought, okay, you know, maybe the movie theater will be open. Maybe I can see a movie, you know, maybe baseball. We can check out the rain. I mean, all of this stuff in our mind, let's be honest. Okay, we can go to the restaurant and not have to wait for 45 minutes because they're only seating 50% capacity. I mean, all of this stuff. You, you guys get that. But what's even worse, guys, is that with the media blaring, and we find it hard to see anything positive. But what did Paul teach us? What did we learn in the Word of God? That we have an amazing God and we're full, and, and, and full of mercy. And we don't get discouraged because of the mercy of God. You go, well, Ben, what should I do? Okay, let me hear it. Ben, what should I do? Number one? Oh, he did it backwards. That's good. Remember to always pray. That's what he told. He said, he told him a parable. He said, man, not to pray always. Guys, let's take a moment and just ask, how's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Pray. The beauty of being a believer, the beauty of being a Christian is that God is in control of our life. I don't have to figure tomorrow out. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to figure it out. <laughs> I don't have to figure it out. God's, God's got that. I just need to pray. Lord, I trust you. Lord, help me. Give me wisdom. Let me walk according to your statutes, Lord. Please, please, I love you, Lord. Well, what are we going to do about school, Haas? Is that going to open? I don't have to figure that out. God does. He's in control. Lord, help me to have your perspective moving forward. How do you see things? I love what Nathalie teaches our our, our granddaughter, that, that people are more important than things. And so that's the attitude we need to have, that people are more important than things. Guys, Jesus is coming back. We need to take as many people as we can. We need to get that fire. Lord, light that fire again in our hearts. Well, Ben, 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 Ben. But see, people are so on edge today. Little things, little things. If I go tell people about Jesus, they're going to blow up at me. They're going to get all like, okay. Well, guys, let's do this first. Let's live it so they can see. And then let the Holy Spirit go, hey, so what? This world's a mess, but you're calm. Why? Let me pour you a cup of coffee. Let me tell you why. And then you can share, guys, everything that God has done. Because is it not true? It's not in our strength. Is it true? It's not in our strength. It's in his strength. It's his strength that we grow. It's his strength. It's, I'm weak. God, please. And he comes in and like a flood. Boom. Boom. What's the second thing? He says that don't get weary, guys, while doing good. You will reap soon enough if you don't lose heart. So continue to do good. Ben, people are not listening, and we're trying to... Listen, continue to do good. 
continue to do good. Why? Here's the thing. We're going to love God. Can I get an amen? amen. We're going to love people. And then we're going to live radically. That's our, those are core values. Why are we going to live radically? What does that mean to live radically? Guys, to, to, let, to, to, to continue to do good, even if the world says it doesn't make a difference. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to being in heaven after, for a little while and just walking down around my mansion and the streets of gold and just hanging out. And I'm looking for that person to come up to me and go, man, thank you. I don't know who you are. Who are you, bro? Oh, you don't understand. But because you did this, this, and this. Come on in my mansion. Let's have a cup of coffee. Tell me about it. I came to your church one time, and you preached the gospel, and I got saved. You did? I don't even remember you. That's okay. But I heard the gospel. I came to your church one time, and you didn't even speak to me. But you know who did? Your people did. And they loved me. And that was a place where I was unlovable. But they love me. Again, that's what, guys, keep doing good. Keep doing good. Someone whispers in your ear, it's not worth it. It's not working. No, it is. It is. This is what he says. He says, we're going to reap soon enough. We're going to reap soon enough. Now, so we talked about that. That's the first one. So let's break down our study. Today, okay, we're going to get into it really quick. In verses 6 through 12, guys, we're going to see that Paul explains the sufferings in ministry, okay? He's going to say, okay, this is what happens. In verses 13 through 18, he's going to give us four reasons not to lose heart, and then he will, in those, we'll find the second answer for discouragement, okay? So he's going to give us kind of four reasons, and then we'll see all that. You guys with me? So let's pick it up in verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not in us. Now, did you catch what Paul just wrote? He says, now, we have this what? This treasure. If you're taking note, you can circle that, and you can simply put the glorious gospel. He says, that's the treasure we have. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not the gospel of prosperity. It's not the gospel of anything else. It's the gospel of that's the treasure we have. Well, now, what would God do with the gods, with the greatest treasure in the whole world? He said, as a matter of fact, he's going to put it in these earthen vessels. You can write jars of clay. That's who we are. He says, earthen vessels, our human frail body. Now, why would he do that? Why would he take the most precious, valuable jewel in the whole world and put it in your heart? He says, listen, he says that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What's the whole point? So nobody goes, hey, look at me. Million dollar smile. Got the right haircut. Of course God's going to use me. He goes, no, no, no. He takes the gospel. The people go, there must be a God. There must, it's, he's the power. He's the power. That's the whole point, right? The glorious gospel of Jesus Christ in human frail body. Let me just say this, okay? If you're here or you're watching online, listen to me. If you feel like your life doesn't make a difference to anybody, that's not true. You have the most glorious treasure in your life. God chose you to use that. Wow, that is amazing. We go, for, for what purpose? So people see the power belongs to God 
and not to us or any church leader. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Because if you recall, put on your thinking caps, because earlier Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. Do you guys remember what he said? He said, now, I say this. Each of you says, I'm of Paul, or I'm Apollos, or I'm of Cephas, or I'm of Christ. And he says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? What was he saying, guys? He was saying, guys, listen, we don't lift up any church leader. We don't lift up any pastor. We don't lift up any of that. They're jars of clay, just like anybody else. He says, it's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. Let me just say this real quick. God gave me two gifts. He gave me the gift of teaching to be able to explain the scriptures in a way that people could understand and relate. Amen? Amen. But he also gave me the gift of evangelism. Okay? He gave me the gift of evangelism. And I remember one time, I like, a lot of times I'll use the gift when I go preach somewhere else. God, God will do it. But one time, one time, Pastor Bill announced to the church that Pastor Ben's coming and you want to bring your unsaved loved ones. He's got a gift of evangelism. And that freaked me out. I was like, please don't tell anybody that. I really was, I, was, I felt like I was put in, in a sense that I had to do something. And the gift is God's. It's not mine. Do you understand? And so I, I, I just was like, Lord, you're going to have to save somebody. You're going to have to save someone, Lord. Lord, uh, Nathalie, if people don't come forward, you need to get up and get saved again, okay? You hear me? You hear me, sweetie? Okay. Because again, guys, where's the power? The power belongs to God. And so when he begins to use you in your life, however it might be, guys, it's the power. That's what he's saying. It's God's power. It's God's power. It's God's power. So Paul acknowledges the power and mercy which has enabled him to possess and proclaim the gospel. Now, think about this. Paul's enemies wanted him to go away. Amen? The Judaizers wanted him to go away. Now listen, if Paul were out for personal gain, for financial gain, as they said, then why did he suffer so much? Why did he suffer? I mean, seriously. Guys, we have been toiling in this church for 16 years. You understand? And when I say toiling, I feel like we're Amish. You understand that? We're digging with a shovel and we look over and there's like all these other ministries that have all these backhoes and everything. I'm like, Lord, why? But I would rather do that and stand before a holy God and say, listen, I gave the whole counsel of God. Listen, I got to answer for Lisa. The Lord's going to go, hey, what did you teach Lisa? And I don't want to stand before a holy God and say, well, I just, listen, listen. Leo, you know this. We can draw a crowd, can't we? We can get a crowd if we just get, find out what the crowd wants and brings them in with that. We can have this place packed over 10 times over, but, but I want to preach the word of God. Well, you only have a handful of people. Yeah, but I, that's enough to answer to God for, isn't it? That's enough to answer to God for. And people watching online and people, I mean, but, but again, listen. This is exactly the same. Paul could have said, why, why am I suffering? Haas, why are we suffering? Think about this. The man who compromises the word of God will not suffer. Men will welcome him, honor him, 
but people were abusing Paul, rejecting him, and making life difficult for him. They were treating him the way men treated Christ. Listen to what Paul says um, when we first started this book. He says, even when we are weighed down with troubles, he said, it's for your comfort and your salvation. For we ourselves are are comforted, and we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. So Paul says, listen, here, let me just paraphrase this. I love you enough that even if I suffer, it's for you. Even when family turns on me, it's for you. Even when people go, I don't like you, I can smile and say, but but people are getting saved. Well, you think your ministry is all that? It's not my ministry. It's Jesus' ministry. I'm just trying to follow the best I can. Well, picking it up again in verse 8, he says we are, look, notice what he says. Okay, so he says we are hard-pressed on every side. Ever feel that way? Yet not crushed, we are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Do you understand that? I love this. Why? Because what Paul is starting to express, he goes, let me just express a couple of things to you. Inward and outwardly, man, things are tough. He says, things are tough. This verse in in verse 9 uh, expresses an inward and then outward distress. I like that, guys. Paul just reminds us that in life, guys, we're going to be hard-pressed on every side. When, when my wife was diagnosed with cancer, the question was never, why me? You know what her question is, is why not me? You know, she, 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 we're, we're hard-pressed on every side. This should, should, guys, when, when we go through struggles and we go through trials, the question should never be why, but more like what do I need to learn from this? I know that's hard. Don't get me wrong. I, listen, I'm up here preaching, but, I mean, I'm the first one to go, Why? Why, Lord, why? But, but, but I want to learn. I want to learn that, the, that, that we're hard-pressed, right? That we're, we're, but I'm not crushed and we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. But I want to learn because it's like, okay, Lord, what, what do I need to learn from this? What do I need to learn from this? And then Paul continues to write, always caring about in the body of the, of the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. He, he, he sort of wrote the same thing in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but not Christ, but not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. That's basically the same thing. He's going, listen, when we suffer, we're carrying around. What are we carrying about? The body of the Lord dying, but, but, but that the life may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Listen, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. Why? So that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. 
This is why preaching the whole counsel of God is not popular because you have to talk about more suffering and issues and pain than inspiration and prosperity. I mean, I love all that stuff, but, but this is what God says. He says there's going to be tough times. There's going to be tough times. There's going to be sufferings. Your body might go through some suffering. You might develop cancer. You might get cancer and you might die. You might have a heart attack. You might, whatever it might be, whatever it might be, you might be going through a tough time. But he says, but listen, you understand. He says, our, in our suffering, guys, how, how are we living in our suffering? How are we really living? Living. Can people see the light of Jesus? Here's the bottom line, okay? And I know I'm being random right now, but that's okay. I've got just a minute. We're all given one life. I want my life to count for Jesus. I often used to pray, Lord, if this is my last day on earth, make my life count. Make my life count. I don't know how, but I'm open to make my life count. If this is my last day on earth, I know I'm going to heaven. I know he's got a place for me. So you know what I'm going to do? You know what my purpose is? You guys with me? Let's bring as many people as we can. Guys, let's storm the gates of hell and, and, and let Jesus snatch as many people out of those. I mean, let's, let's be that conduit that he could use. Let's let our life shine. But it means death to self. Our, our ideals, where we think we should be, what we should be doing. We should be at the point where we're like, okay, Lord, use me, use me. Well, you know, that, that's going to require, uh, use me, use me. Here's our problem. We all want to be used by God, amen? Until we're used by God. And yeah, until we're, we all, oh, God, use me. Well, then you start being used and the church is just using me. You want it to be used. Yeah, but they just have me cleaning toilets. You want it to be used. If you're faithful in the little things, he'll give you bigger things. I started out cleaning toilets. I started out Sunday school. Well, how did you get that ministry, Ben? How are you preaching every week, week in and week out? You know what I did at uh, third and fourth graders? That's how I did. That's how I started. Third. If you could teach third and fourth graders, you can teach anybody. Trust me. Faithful in the little things, but we are going to suffer. See, Paul's willingness to suffer for Christ is one of the greatest proofs of his sincerity as a servant of God. Think about, the, think about this, guys. Think about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it changed Paul from the inside out. He was willing to suffer and die for the sake of the gospel. He was willing and suffered to die for the sake of the people. He knew people needed Jesus or that they would spend eternity without him. Paul was willing to do that. In light of people getting saved from darkness to light, to heaven from hell, right? He writes this, for our light affliction is working for us a more exceedingly eternal weight of glory. Paul calls everything he went through a light affliction. Okay? 
everything he went to. I don't know how many times you got beat up for the gospel and left for dead outside the city limits of Lubbock only to come back in and preach more. I don't know how many times you were whipped for the sake of the gospel or shipwrecked or a snake bite you. Paul says, that's, that's a light affliction. Why is that a light affliction? Paul, I got a splinter the other day for the sake of the gospel and it really hurt. No, 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 a light affliction. Why? Well, you're going to see. You're going to see. Why? Because now in verses 13 through 18, he's going to give us four reasons and we'll move pretty quick, I promise. Look at verse 13. And he says, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, everybody see that? He says, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up Raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. What does Paul do? I love this, guys. Why? Because the best interpretation of the Bible is the Bible. That's the best. You want to go, well, see, people go, hey, well, that's your interpretation. No, my, the Bible interprets the Bible. So Paul quotes Psalm 16, 116, verse 10. And he says this. He says, I believe, therefore I spoke. And I am greatly afflicted and applies it. And applies it. Why? He says, so we also believe and therefore we speak. You guys understand that? We believe. Now, I've said this, but I feel like it's worth mentioning again. Paul, we behave what we believe. This is how we behave. However we believe is how we behave. We do. If you believe that wearing a mask is going to protect you, then you wear a mask. That's how you, that's how you behave. And people go, well, masks don't work. If you believe it, you're not going to convince me otherwise. If you believe that masks don't work and you walk into a store and you don't have one, people go, well, you should wear a mask. Well, I don't believe they work. Therefore, do you guys understand the principle? Now, I, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I, I, I'm not on the debate whether you should wear a mask or not wear a mask. That's, on, that's you. Your health is your health. But what I am saying is take that principle and say, what you believe is how you behave. Okay? You guys with me? So, what does he say? He says, I believe, therefore I speak. See, it doesn't take a path. Well, but you're the pastor. You have to preach that way. No, every one of us should be doing the ministry this way. What's that? Speaking the gospel of Jesus Christ. Speaking the gospel. You go, what's, what's this? Well, think about what he said. He says, we know that God who raised Jesus, right? The Lord Jesus will raise us with Jesus and present himself. This is, this is amazing. Why? Well, let me give you this. You ready? Look at me. Reason number one, we shouldn't lose heart in this world is because our glorious resurrection. Our glorious resurrection. Right? He actually wrote this. Think about this, guys. Ready? Think about this. Now, I know there's people going, well, I don't believe in the rapture. But here's what Paul says. He says, in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen? That's it. That's it. We're looking. We're looking. I don't know about you, but my neck hurts. Why? Because I'm constantly looking up Jesus today. Today, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Okay, why? Because I know, I know that this body is going to go in the ground. 
But that's not my hope. My hope is he's going to say, Ben, get up. And I'm going to get up. I'm going to have a resurrected body. It's going to be amazing, dude. It's going to be amazing. I don't know about you, but I've already put my order in. How tall I want to be, what color hair, eyes are. I've already put it up there, okay? Lord, can I have a really good singing voice? I mean, I want that. I want that like. I don't know if he'll come. I know I'm going to be resurrected, amen? amen? Some of you that are short go, I want to be tall. Some of you that are tall goes, man, I really like to be short. I mean, we all, <laughs> amen. Guys, no matter what happens in this world, here's what Paul says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's going to come back in half a blink. Do you know what half a blink is? You blink pretty fast, boom. Half of that, you're gone. Do you think this world is crazy now? Imagine when the Christians are gone. Imagine. You have people going, you know what? I'll serve Jesus in the tribulation. I'll serve him, man. You know what? Listen, if you can't serve him now, it's going to be so much harder when you have no food, you have no water, you have no light, you have all this affliction on you. You're just not going to be able to serve him. It's going to be hard. Give your life to Jesus today. I like this. Jot this down. You ready? We shouldn't be discouraged because we win. Paul was sure, guys, guys, Paul was sure that he had the ultimate victory. In verse 15, he says, For all things are in your care, are your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound in the glory of God. What's he referring to? He's actually referring to his sufferings in verses 8 through 11. He says, listen, this is all the suffering. It's for your glory. It's for your glory. Reason number two, we shouldn't lose heart. Ready? Our trials in life are working for us and not against us. Our trials in life. Okay? Hoss, six months you were in a trial. That was working for you, bro. And not against you. Why? You go, well, I don't know about that, Pastor. I don't know. I'll, I'll get a text from Haas later on. He'll ask me a question. But no, but seriously, think about this. It was working because the people that you were able to minister to, that you might have not. That's what he says. Why? Because this verse actually parallels Romans 8.28. You go, 8.28? Yeah. He gives us the assurance, guys, that our sufferings are not wasted. All things work together for what? For the good of the, the, the call of those who love Christ. Right? The old things. How many of you have ever seen Romans 8.20 actually work in your life? You've seen it. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's just like, I don't know how God did this, but he actually took it and he worked it out for the good. Huh. This is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, God uses, guys, he uses those times, those stressful times. He uses them to minister to others and bring glory to his name. He uses those times. So Paul's outlook on life, guys, is one of hope. Therefore, he goes, I don't lose heart. Even though my inward man is perishing, he says, my spirit is being renewed. Look at verse 16. Therefore, we don't lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. Joe, can I get an amen? Amen. Yet, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Okay? So, this is the second answer to, uh, this is the second answer for discouragement. Why? He says, your spirit, your inward man is being renewed day by day. Guys, listen, it's all about perspective. What glasses do you have on? Do you have on Jesus colored glasses or do you have one world colored glasses? Why? Because he says, listen, I know that our bodies are failing, they're breaking. 
right? They're doing things they couldn't do anymore. They, I used to be able to do this. Do you remember that, Paul? We used to be able to play. We used to, now it's like, man, I told my body to go this way and it didn't want to move. Right? It's, it's weird. Why? Because the older we get, now some of you young folks in here, you're just like, I can still do stuff. Wait till you turn, wait till you get, wait till you get 50, 60, 70. I mean, huh? 40, 40. <laughs> Guys, remember, okay, go back. Some of you have to go back a long, long time. Go back in your day. Adam's looking at me like, I'm still young. Yeah, you are young, Adam. Stop. Go back in the day. Guys, do you remember when you could play all day long? I mean, the moment you got up on a Saturday morning, you played from 6.30 outside with friends all the way till the lights went. I mean, you played so hard, your legs used to hurt at night. And you did it every day in the summertime. You ate your parents out of house and home because all you did is burn calories. And now you go, oh, what's the matter? I'm going to the kitchen. Hold on. <clears throat> okay. But here's what I love. Although this is perishing, he says, guess what? My inward man is being renewed. Why is my inward man being renewed? Why? Because. Because. Fully devoted followers of Christ, that's you, will continue to grow in the knowledge of God and being transformed into Christ's images in preparation for his return. And the beauty of that, it's the Holy Spirit who does the work in us. Why, Paul? Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceedingly and the eternal weight of glory. Reason number three, we don't lose heart, guys, is the light affliction, it's temporary when we compare it to our glory in heaven. It's only temporary. It's only temporary. How cool is that? How cool is that? One of the things we need to understand, you ready? We need to understand that that life doesn't, our trials in life doesn't deserve glory. You understand that. It's not like, oh, rather God uses them to display his strength in our weakness. That's what he does. So when people look at you and go, I don't understand. I don't understand. Wow. It's, it's God working. And you go, I don't understand either. But God, God is good. God is good. This is what he's saying. Our light affliction. Here's what I love about the Bible. If that was me writing the Bible, I don't think I would have put that. I'd been like, it's really hard. It's really tough. I mean, but it's going to be worth it, I promise. Uh, you know, I mean, it's that cry. But Paul's like, now think about it. Here's what, here's what you do. When you, when you get the right perspective and you find the value of heaven, he says, compared to what, you're, what, what you've really gone through, Paul, Paul was beaten pretty bad. He was, he was whipped for the gospel. He was spit on, kicked on, shipwrecked. All of this stuff, Paul, and he calls it, eh, that's just for a moment. How do we get that perspective? How do we have, how do we, how do we, how do we live this way? 
because we've got to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto the Lord. Okay, let, let me just say this. I know it's commonplace and cliche. You ready? This is not our home. We're passing through. Now, while we're passing through, let's make a difference. But we're just passing through. We're just passing through. You ever gone on a road trip and you just pass through a town? You just kind of look at the stuff. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, maybe we'll stop at that place. But, but you're just passing through. Why? Because that's not your destination. That's, that's earth. That's earth. Okay, so we're going to close our Bible study here, guys. We're going to close it with verse 18 and reason number four. So don't, don't close your Bibles. We're still talking. I'm just kind of, that's my cue to let the worship team know they can start rounding up. Verse 18, he says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen... For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay? You ready? Reason number four. Jot this down. Why we shouldn't let heart? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Right? Don't you just love the writer of Hebrews? The writer of Hebrews writes in chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, you know why we don't lose heart? You know why we're not discouraged? Because we walk by faith. We walk by faith, guys. God, or, or let me just say this, Paul does not focus on his afflictions. Instead, he focuses and reflects on God's promises and the hope of the resurrection in Jesus. So I go to my brother Haas. Hey, Haas, how come you're not upset about this or not upset about that? Haas, it's been six months and the doctor won't call you back. Why are you not upset? He goes, because my focus isn't on the affliction. My focus is on heaven. That's our lives, right? That's our lives, right? Tiffany, why don't we focus on... on... You've you've had some afflictions. You've had some issues. You've had some trials. Because your focus is on heaven. You go, okay. I'm going to do my very best. I've got my, I've got my husband here to help, right, with courage. But I'm going to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. That's what he's saying. So here's the application we take home. You ready? We shouldn't focus on our afflictions, but focus on the promises of God. I never want to leave a broadcast or a a service without giving y'all an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Listen, we want to very much, we want to very much bring as many people to heaven. So I've got to ask you, if, if you're not right with Jesus, if you're feeling that despair in your heart. And, and I know, and you could be watching, but see, God moves in just such an amazing way that even right now, those of you that are watching online, you might be saying, listen, I've, I've never really surrendered my life to God, but I want to today. I want to today. 
Pastor, you were saying some things in the word of God, and you were talking about believers, and, and, and you were talking about reasons why we shouldn't lose, lose hope, but I've got to be honest with you. I don't, have, I don't have any hope in, but Jesus is the answer, and I want to share him with you. Because I was 17 years old when somebody shared him with me, and I said yes to him, and I've never, ever regretted it. I said, yes. Well, I bet your life has been perfect. No, my life hasn't been perfect. As a matter of fact, it's been a struggle, but it's worth it. Because I'm just passing through. Listen, we don't have to worry about tomorrow because we know who holds tomorrow. We don't have to worry about the future because Jesus is already there. I'm telling you this. Pastor, what do I need to do? You just need to open up your heart and invite him inside. If you've never done that, then today's your day. Those of you watching online, those of you listening by podcast, even those of you here, I don't know who where people are at, but maybe you're here today and you go, ah. So let's pray. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. We love you. We thank you for what Paul is writing We thank you for the hope that was in us, Lord. We thank you for, Lord, just uh, that day that we're going to be resurrected, God, that day we're going to be raptured, Lord, that day we're going to be taken home. We talk about the day, God, where we walk by faith. We know that you are the answer, and I praise you for that. I pray for everyone in here, God, that you would bless them and keep them, that you would make your face shine upon them, Lord. Lord, I thank you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're watching us online, if you're listening via podcast, if God is speaking to your heart today and you say, Pastor, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life. Well, all you have to do is lift up your hand. Well, Ben, you can't see me, but God can. And so if you'll just lift up your hand and you'll pray this prayer and mean it with all of your heart. But Ben, I thought, I thought words alone aren't sufficient to save. You're right. Words alone aren't sufficient to save, but God can move in your heart. But let me just give you, just, just, just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess that I'm not right with you. And I'm asking you to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my God, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. I choose to follow you, Jesus, for forever and yours. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to know about it, please. Calvary Chapel, Lubbock.church. Send us an email. Um, You can just type in the comments. We love you. We love you. We love you. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.